let's get on to day three, the Thursday of the Cheltenham Festival 2019. It starts with the JLT, uh, a horse at the top of the market, lost in translation, along with Defi Desoy. Lost in translation is a horse I've never liked. I couldn't back him for this. I won't touch him. I'm a Defi Desoy fan. I go to Dermot Nolan, who I think, being a race hour twin, is going to agree. <laughs> um, you've known this I think this is the most headache inducing race that uh, that the Cheltenham Festival has produced um, the market's caught up with the top two because they've been, they've been racing against each other all year I'm not the biggest Defi Desai fan but I've just fallen on him uh, because like yourself Dean I'm not mad about loss in translation now he won't stop in fairness to him very very honest uh, but I'm not mad about a real steal he jumps like a table he just he, he's the most awkward shape of a thing I've ever seen jump a fence but again it's that kind of race where he could just fall in I'd abs- as I've said already I'd love if top of the game came in I've fallen on Defi Desai but for no other reason than there I don't think there is much else to be backing in this race Okay, two votes for Defi Desoy. Let's go to Paddy Aspo on the JLT. Uh, I'm with Lawson in translation, I'm afraid, um, simply because he, obviously the form was reversed last time, but the last time Defi Desoy and Lawson in translation came up against each other at Cheltenham, uh, Colin Tizard's horse got the better of him. And, I mean, this horse has got some tidy form. I'm just looking down, I mean, got pretty close to Le Bagarai. Uh, first time over fences at Newbury back in November. D- didn't jump well enough the next day. Uh, was fairly well behind the bag of rye. But then beat Defi Desai next time and was only beaten three quarters of a length um, by him at Sandown last time. The thing about this horse is he does have do a lot of the donkey work and at times can be a little bit of a sitting target. But they've got to be very, very positive uh, on him. Uh, the fact of the matter is he has got some decent Cheltenham form, ran well last year in that race behind Somerville, Somerville Boy. I know it's been cribbed. But nonetheless, he has shown up generally every time he's come to Cheltenham. So, um, But he is short enough at the same time. But I'm, I'm going to stick with loss in translation. Lost in translation for Paddy. Stephen Cass, uh, this race was brought up on the race hour preview night the other night. And Mikey Fogarty uh, made a good point that none of this kind of stuff should even be at the festival. It just moves horses around from races. We'd all love to see him running. Uh, where are you going with the race? Do you agree with that? I mean, have we got, we've already got too much racing at Cheltenham, have we? Oh, yeah. 100% agree with that. Should be a three-day festival, but it won't be. Like, they've built all these new stands. The Jockey Club are in massive amounts of debt. they got to repay these bonds that they got. They have 100 million of debt. It's going to be five-day festival, so we better get used to it. Like, that's the, the economic reality of it. So it's it, it's going to Fair move play. to five days rather than four days. So, look, we have to live with it. The JLT is here, um, and, and it's not going to change. Mikey Fogarty's right, but, you know, we have to get real as well. It's not going to happen. Okay. Pick me the winner of the race, please. The winner of the race. Uh, look, I, it, it, you're obviously going between, um, on the English form, Defi and Lost in Translation. I was fierce impressed with Defi um, at, at Sandown. But I think on, on a, from an Irish angle, uh, I can't understand how Real Steel is 6-1 to one and Paloma Blue is 25-1 to one when Paloma Blue was going to beat Real Steel at Christmas. Um, Henry de Bram is a genius at getting them jumping well. Um, this horse will have been schooled within an inch of his life in the loose school that Henry has. I trust Henry to get him right. He's 16 to 1, no, 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 no bet. If you heard uh, on the the uh, preview circuit that he's going to go to the JLT, then I definitely would chance that 25s, but I'd happily back him at 16s, uh, no, 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 no bet. Um, I think they'd want soft ground to go Arkel. I think they will come here, um, and I think he could be the best of the Irish, so I'll chance him at 16 to 1.
Yeah, fair shout. A horse I hadn't considered for the race, considering they're all talking about the arc. Or if they did line up there, he'd go off there. He's always kind of looked a stare to me, that. you know. I think to step Absolutely, up and trip yeah. him. Yeah, and it'll give him a little bit more time to get his jumping in order rather than an arc. Or not that they'll go slow in a JLT, that's for sure. Okay, that's the JLT novices chase Paloma. Uh, not running no bet or at that big 25s for Stephen Cass. A couple of votes for Deputy Desoy. And Paddy Aspel uh, is on the horse I couldn't touch with counterfeit. Uh, that's a couch line, by the way, and that's lost in translation. An interesting race uh, to kick off day three. The Potemps Network final uh, is the following race on that card. I've been all over first assignment. I was delighted they gave him a proper break um, after his defeat around Christmas time. So I'm not worried about him turning up here without being seen again. Good chance of form. He will do for me. But Stephen, I'll come to you first on the Potemps. Yeah, two here at very big prices. Uh, one probably won't get in, so I'll be brief, but he's 66 to 1. Satoshi, he was fourth in the qualifier, the Kaneo run, but I thought he travelled the best, like the best horse in the race. Um, he was actually the horse that was awarded the maiden that Relegate and Kaneo were involved in. Now, Kaneo then went and won that Potemps qualifier that Satoshi was fourth in. Um, he was third in a good handicap hurdle after that, and he had a bad run in the grade three at Hurlis. But I'd forgive him the bad run. Um, 66 to 1, I think Satoshi's a big price if he got in. And the other one is a horse that has run very well at Cheltenham. Paddler Own Canoe was fourth in the Fred Winter last year. Um, now, he absolutely hacked up in a qualifier over 2 mile 5 at Wincanton. He then tried 3 mile um, on soft ground and it didn't really suit him. But I do think he'll stay. He's 40 to 1, but the jockey would be the worry. Like, he's. he's He's not the... I can't think of the name of the guy that's been riding him. Um, he's perfectly capable, but look, he's going to be in against the big boys here, and he's he's not the most stylish rider. He rides very long. Which one's So this? I'd wait and see what's riding him. The name of the jockey? Uh, which which horse are you talking about? Oh, the, the horse, sorry, is Paddler Own Canoe. Paddler Own Canoe. Where is he? Yeah, yeah. Actually, Paddy, you'll have more knowledge of these jockeys now. Have a look up. Now, he might be very good... But, um, you know, he's probably a, a couple of pounds of a penalty against the professionals. The jockey is uh, is Harry Harry Kimber. Yeah, so look, at it, with Paddy Ronkanu, he's 40 to 1 there now, but I think he's kind of horse. He could be 50 or 66s on the day and wait and see who's riding him. Have a look back at that uh, Wincanton qualifier run. He was very impressive. He will get in. So he'll be one to keep an eye on on the day and back on the day. So they'd be my two. The horse that he beat is an interesting runner here. He's 10 years old now. It's Monbeg Theatre, who seemed to have been turned inside out finally after looking really promising early on in his career. So he's an interesting 10-year-old in there for Jamie Stone at 25. So a bit of related form there. Dermo, I'll come to you. Uh, yeah, Dean, I'm I'm very happy to just uh, to follow your good self. It's a race that I've actually never backed a winner of, so I don't spend much time in it. And the uh, final assignment will do me. First assignment, another nod there. Paddy Aspel, final word on the per temps. Uh, I like the look of No Meads Cap York. Uh, if he turns up, yeah. he, he holds several entries, to be honest. Um, but that was a real good effort the last time. He hasn't stood an awful lot of racing this horse, but that was a real good effort the last day under stable jockey Sean Flanagan. So Cap York for me, but it's a it's one of these proper lottery races because these these Partemps qualifiers all year, um, all you know, it's it's one of them races where they've just got to run in to to sort of jump through the hoops and and anything can can pop up on the on the big day in March, you know. Another one at double figure prices there um, for Normie. That's Cap York for Paddy Aspel in that attempt. Two big ones to remember Satoshi and Paddy Canoe from Stephen Cass, and two votes for first assignment for the winning chart. Um, we move on to the Ryanair chase on the Thursday. I think we now know the betting is telling us, uh, Stephen Cass, that Footpad is going to pitch up here and take on uh, Mona Lee. Could be very much an Irish benefit, the Ryanair this year. Yeah, not. not 
not a million percent on that with footpad yet because well, I say that because there's been a lot of money for Underso. So if Underso is definitely going to run and the Meneers insist on running in the Queen Mother, then Willie will run him in the Queen Mother. Like, he'll do what the Meneers tell him, you know. I, I, I think he'll have to. So I wouldn't be a million percent on it, but I think Footpad will win here. But I hate Footpad and he won't be winning. Like, he's only ever beaten uh, Berlade, Petit Mouchoir, uh, Brain Power in a rubbish article. I'm in um, that so I can't job. have footpad. Don't like him at all. The dean hates footpad as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the where yeah, presidents of the I hate footpad, <laughs> the IHF. Um, the one I really fancy, and I've mentioned on here before, is the storyteller who uh, won the Burn Group plate last year. Um, I think a, a fast run two mile five is is going to really really suit him. Um, Davy Russell will be riding him like he's trained by a genius. Uh, Monley definitely goes here. Uh, I know that for a fact. Uh, a friend of mine, Kieran O'Connor, who's hosting a, a preview in Watford on Thursday night in the Ullaroo. I'll give that a plug. It's a free preview for anyone in Watford Thursday night in the Ullaroo. He was down with Henry this morning and Henry said uh, Monley is going to the Reiner. So he, right he does run here. Um, but I just think the storyteller, you know, with with Fox Norton being out, there isn't that much in this race. Under so I can't have. He had his perfect conditions last year. He couldn't do it. Uh, like I said, I don't like footpad. So I just think it mightn't be that good in a, a renewal. And the storyteller is well capable to running if he improves in the mid-160s. That could be good enough to win it. He's 20-25 to 1. Davy Russell is going to be on board, so I fancy him. Okay, reaffirming previous comments made by Stephen Cass on this very podcast. Actually, sorry, sorry, Dean, to jump in one. again. There's a horse here that's a thousand to one on Betfair, Willie Boy, right? He was tanking when he fell in the Bet Victor, uh, could have won that day. And if he won that day beating Frodon, you know, he, he wouldn't be a thousand to one here. He hacked up a Weatherby after that by 11 lengths over this trip. And they tried him over three miles at Donny. He didn't stay. Like, he's still unexposed at two and a half miles. He could be. 250 to 1 in the day 200 to 1 he's 1000 to 1 in bet for there now if he runs back Willie Boy on the day at 200s or back him without a couple of favourites at 100s I think he could run in the late 150s over this trip because he really does jump um, and he can get into a rhythm so Willie Boy if he's a massive price on the day I'd be interested in him I did not think we would see a 1001 shot put up on, on this Cheltenham preview but Stephen Cass well, has I'll delivered he's still 1000 to 1 on bet for delivered. he is delivered with Willie Boy at 1,001 for the Ryanair. Um, while you're checking that, Stephen, Demo, uh, Paul Nichols is a man who smells blood in the water. There's a few defections possibly from this race, and Froden's been creeping up in the betting. Is this an Irish benefit for Monolly and the likes of Footpad if it turns up, or are there a couple of English horses likes of Froden lurking in the mix? Uh, first of all, I can completely see the angle uh, that Stephen's making with Willie Boy. I backed uh, that horse for the bet, Victor, and it was absolutely cruising under uh, Richie McLernan won a Christmas under Robbie Dunn and was absolutely brilliant so I can see the angle he's 400 there now with nothing in the lay column but I think you'll get 250 on the yeah. day and he'll be fine yeah, no, 100% yeah. no no I, I can definitely see that angle um, but as far as this race goes for the actual winner I think, uh, I think Monley is uh, it'll be very hard to beat I think he hasn't found much the last the last twice at the Cheltenham Festival but both times, uh, second behind presenting Percy, second behind uh, Penn Hill, and just doesn't quite see out the three miles at all. I think Henry de Bramet thought he would, and he just doesn't. He 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 kind of travels just thing, but he stays a small before further two and a half, which is a great thing for this race. Uh, was brilliant last time. Flogas last year as well was just outstanding. Hopefully, be ridden a bit more aggressive next time um, by by Rachel Blackmore, or if Noel Feely gets gets the ride back now that. He's back from injury, we'll see. But whatever rides, it doesn't matter. I just think Monley takes the absolute world of beating in this. And I think he's uh, 
he's one of my best of the week. Yep. I'd be with you on the basis that footpads is rubbish and Min um, is going to divert and take on Altior, as we all think. Um, Paddy Aspel, uh, are you a Monolith fan? Uh, I mean, that was just such a disappointing card at, at Goran the other day. I really don't know um, if it was that good a trial, to be honest. Um, look, he got the job done, but I don't know how deep the race was. Um, do we think that... Um, no mead will run to a per me in this or the gold cup i'd say this paddy yeah i mean because it's it it was two and a half round hurlers the last day now i mean he needed absolutely every stride of it if, if the if the line had it came two strides earlier he wouldn't have got up but you know completely different kettle of fish hurlers to, to cheltenham and because all this horse you know he's, he was a absolutely unbelievable winner of the the tritown um you know that was a serious performance he's only eight year old He's on the improve. I mean, he's got form at the festival in the past, and I just really think he's on the up this horse. And if, if, if he was to turn up for this, I think he would. Obviously, he's going to have to come forward again, um, but I do think he is, you know, he, he, he is pretty good value road to respect for the, for the Ryanair. To a per me, around 20 to 1 right now for that Ryanair. If that is indeed uh, where Noel Mead pitches up, well, it's a, a very nice looking grey tough horse to a per me. Uh, vote there for the storyteller and Willie Boy at massive, massive prices from Stephen Cass. A uh, couple of nods for Mona Lee. I think it would be really deserving of Mona Lee's career to date to go and pick up a Ryanair. And that was from myself and Dermo. Shall we move on to the Stayers, the big race on the Thursday, of course? Um, Dermot Nolan, you were on the race hour preview night the other night and telling us you've been trying to take on Paisley Park all year and now I think you've given up. No, not that I've given up, but just that he can make a fool of me one more time. Um, I think that race last time fell apart quite badly. I think the first three, including Black Op, and Simon Rowlands wrote a brilliant article on this as well with the, the kind of times of it, and they did. They murdered themselves up in front. And when you consider that's Black Op's kind of first run since kind of winning at Aintree last year because his runs over fences were just, they were just so bad, he just can't jump. And he still was only seven lengths behind Deputy Sion last in translation that day, despite headbutting every single fence. And that run of thing, that would have done his confidence the world of good. Um, he ran on quite well at the end. He, he's a mammoth task to kind of turn it around, but I don't believe that running. And I think if uh, Noel Feely, just, just as Noel Feely so good at, gives him a bit more of a kinder ride kind of coming into this race now, I think 14 to 1 about Black Op is too big. And Kilbrick and Storm as well at 16 to 1. I'm very keen to take on the front few in the market. I mean, Paisley Park, 7 to 4, it's too short. It just is. He kind of smacks me as a bit of a Sam Spinner this year. Um, Not obviously, but, but by running the exact same way, but just that the English division, I, I'm not sure how strong it is at all. Faheen, he's too old now, in my opinion, as much as I'd love him to win it. And Super Sunday doesn't quite see out the three miles. So I think you have to look quite deep into this contest and Kilbrick and Storm as well. I mean, that, that was a really good performance in that Albert Bartle last season. Uh, another one who was just an absolute disaster area over fences. So Black Up 14s, Kilbrick and Storm 16s, and I'll go to war with the two of them, did. Yeah, I'll be joining you going to war with Black Op, that is for sure. Paddy Aspel on the stairs hurdle. Yeah, I think that the price is ridiculous with Paisley Park, simply on, on the sort of fashion that he won at Cheltenham last time. But I just like this horse because, for me, he is solo mileage for seven. And the fact that, you know, Emma Lavelle, she was just so genuine the way she came out and said that this horse, that was the first time he'd ever jumped a hurdle in front in his life. Um, it was the Clevey one, wasn't it? Yep. Yep. 
at Cheltenham. You know, she, that's the first time he's ever been in front at a hurdle, and you could tell. And I mean, he was literally he was in reverse up the up the run, and he was doing that little, but he still managed to win by you know a, a dozen lengths. Um, you know, it does put a bit of pressure on him to to come to Cheltenham now off the back of a performance like that because you know people are going to want to see him back it up. But you know, I doubted the Ascot form. Uh, thought that race had fallen apart a little bit, but um, he he backed it up in no uncertain time, terms last time. And I think Emma Lavelle and Barry Fenton have got a real good one here. Okay. And it looks like they've got a real good one at the top of this game coming in to a Cheltenham Festival for one of the biggest races of the week. So all power to them if they can get it done with Paisley Park. Stephen Cass, are you a Paisley Park fan? Uh, yes and no. Yes and that. I think what he did in the Cleave was pretty special. Um, I was talking to Dermo before the Cleave saying, uh, you know, I love the Ascot run. But I have a big squiggle against him because of the way he hit that flat spot. Like people, people seem to yep. like these horses to f- hit flat spots. They tend to throw in the towel someday, pack it in, and never come back as good again. Uh, those kind of horses. I don't like horses that hit flat spots at all. People will talk about big bucks. Big bucks never hit a flat spot. Like Ruby, would just be kind of keeping him up to his work. But um, he really did. Now he was off the bridle, and I just wonder, you know, going a faster pace when he comes off the bridle. They'll be going quicker in this, and when he comes off the bridle again. He, he might just throw in the towel and not fancy it. I'd have a big question mark about him. Um, but at the same time, if he reproduces the run, he could win. I'm with uh, Dermo in terms of a bet on Black Op. I think that he hit the front far too soon the last day. Uh, Noel Feely will ride him um, with much more tender gloves this time and try and produce him at the last. So I would chance him at 14s. Okay, great. That's three votes for Black Op in the Stayers, and Paddy's going to stick with Paisley Park. And like I said, all power to connections if they can get Paisley Park to win the Stayers. Be a serious day in plenty of uh, people's careers involved with Paisley Park. It's a cracking Stayers hurdle, we think. And if Forheen was to win, I think no one would begrudge uh, that old warrior coming up the up the Cheltenham Hill one more time in glory. Let's move on. There's three more races on the Thursday. Um, I'm going to do the Mayor's Novices very quickly because you could almost sponsor this podcast uh, by Honeysuckle. So I'm going to ask Stephen Cass, are we all barking up the wrong tree with Honeysuckle for the Mayor's Novices hurdle? Uh, no, no, you'd have to love her. I actually think she might want to go up and trip, but um, I, like, I, I would prefer Sonoria of the two if she ran here, but I don't think she's going to run here and Honeysuckle is going to run here because they're both in the same ownership um of the of between epitant and honeysuckle and posh trish i definitely would like honeysuckle i think she's got the strongest form so i don't think you're barking up the wrong tree um i think scenario beating chosen mate is the best form in the race but i don't mm-hmm. think they're going to run her here so yeah honeysuckle of the three Paddy, you know Dermot and myself think Honeysuckle is the second coming financially. And also, uh, visually, we hope that this this goes and gets the job done for Henry de Bromhead. Anything you want to throw in? I mean, Epitante was good at Exeter, but that was a class four. Um, Honeysuckle's done a bit more so far for me. Yeah, I mean, look, form-wise, there's no comparison, is there, between Epitante and Honeysuckle? But that, that means that Epitante is, you know, far more an unknown quantity. Um, you know, Connections have really talked this one up. You know, they, they, they really have. So you just don't know that re- Epitante could really be the dark one here and could be the fly in the ointment. Um, but, you know, of, of what we have seen and the sort of tasks that Honeysuckle has been set, her form is far stronger. I mean, if she was mine, uh, I'd have said the handicapper has, has maybe come up a little bit short at once or yet. I'd have her a little bit higher myself. 
Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, connections, I'd say, are cursing their luck a little bit, really, that they've got, well, they wouldn't be cursing their luck, but that they can't run both these mares, but they can't run them against each other. But, um, you know, the, the chances of having such good mares for the same race is, um, you know, it's a rare one, but Honeysuckle looks very good. One there at a price, I don't know if she's in the other mares race as well, was Stuart Edmonds, Queen of Hearts. Uh, this yeah. one has, I've seen it win last time. Now, he really hasn't shied away from... Um, where he's run this mare, like he took her to Sandown the last day for the um, the Grade Two mares race there, and I mean she beat Dan Seidel two and a quarter lengths. She was very very good, but I mean this mare in the past has won. She has got a liking for Sandown, um, but won a listed bump around there. But I mean won a listed bump around there only by a neck from Queen's Cave. But one thing about her is she's very very tough. She's got a bit of substance about her. She almost looks you know like a big gelding. Um, and at a price, simply because of connections being, you know, uh, on the smaller side, she would represent a little bit of value. But she's also in the other mare's race, so just see if she does turn up here. But um, I'm I'm in the honeysuckle camp as well. Okay, honeysuckle and a, and a mention there for Queen of Hearts. Stephen Cass mentioned Sonoria, but unlikely that one will turn up. Uh, Demonon, just to prove you haven't, uh, you know, lost your love, uh, the winner of the mare's novices herder will be. Oh yeah, honeysuckle, no doubt. Good. Good man. Okay, a uh, couple of other races then on the Thursday before we wrap up day three of the Cheltenham Festival. The Brown Advisory Plate and Maribel Stakes. Uh, big talking horse of the preview nights and has seen it sluice in. The market is Janica. Now they're at nine to one, along with Cyril Delac, who is, well, at the top of that market for a while. Spirit of the Games has been coming in. Stephen Cass, I'm going to you first on the Brown Advisory. Uh, yeah, I've no great opinion here. I couldn't make head nor tail of it. I'll, so I'll do, I mentioned Frank Hickey earlier, and Frank was telling me to back Calandra at 20 to one. Uh, loves Cheltenham on okay. a good mark if he can sort out his jumping um, so I just follow Frank in but I'd, I'd have no great opinion on that race Calandra courtesy of Mr Hickey there uh, around 20 to 1 for the Brown Advisory Demon Nolan uh, yeah uh, that's actually quite funny uh, Calandra is the is the one I follow completely on here uh, very smart horse again I couldn't it's the one live love laugh is the one I'm just trying to figure out where, where that horse goes because that was a huge one last time but yeah, this, uh, this Calandra like kind of in and out of form for a long time. Unseated rider was really fancied behind Baron Alco. Uh, was third at here at Cheltenham behind Traffic Through Fluid. That's really good form. Beat Kustar Savoa here here in the past in, in December 2017. That horse went on to win at the Cheltenham Festival. Is a horse that just seems to really love, absolutely love Cheltenham. Neil Mulholland has his stable ticking along nicely. And I thought 20 to 1 was just far too big. Okay. In this horse thing. Two votes. Live, love, laugh, Dermo. I am praying he goes here because I want Patrick to write a p- complete plot job in <laughs> Which is where we're going next. Um, I, I've got live, love, laugh on the radar for wherever it turns up. The other one I thought was interesting in this race is Ben Atar, but I don't know if that one's going to line up. I thought 20 to 1 uh, would certainly be a price I'd be getting involved in on the day. Anything for the Brown Advisory, Paddy Aspel? Uh, one at a massive price would be further down the way. Would have, at the minute, he's got 10 stone, 10 is for another small stable in Tom Gretton is a horse called Cotto Rico. Um, this is would would be by far the best horse he's got. Um, has come up short once or twice, but on his day, he's a very very strong traveler, great jumper. Um, and I just think he'd be an absolute massive price on the day. We've not seen him for a couple of months now, so Tom Gretton is obviously freshening him up and had this race in mind. So Cotto Rico at a massive price for the Brown Advisory. 
Porto Rico, yes, in there. Rag odds, 33s at the moment for that Brown Advisory. Stephen Cass, I've got to come to you first now because we're talking about some massive plot that you've lined up for the Kim Muir. Yeah, uh, this, this now is a plot job. This is my nap of the handicaps for the week. Um, it's Sky Pirate in the Kim Muir um, off America 134. Patrick Mullins, I, I, I was, this horse came in, like he was in my head anyway, and then Patrick mentioned on a preview that the Racing Post did online that he w- he wanted to ride this, but they have other horses in the race. So the only horse they have in the Kim Muir is Live, Love, Laugh. Hopefully he goes somewhere else, and I'm sure Patrick will be encouraging him to go somewhere else because he wants to ride Sky Pirate. If you look back at the amateur rider's handicap um, that, he rode, that he was in in November, that uh, I think the young master won it. But and anyway, he was... Um, he was absolutely tanking and he was coming to the second last and fell um, and his mark hasn't changed since then and I think Patrick just fell in love with the horse that day they have a mark of 134 which will sneak him in at 11-1 which is a weight that Patrick can do so this horse is 14-16 to 1 if Patrick Mullins is riding him in the Kim Muir he'd be 5-6 to 1 and he just looks like a John Joe plot to me on his chase debut he was second to the 145 rate at drinks interval then he was a length second um, to the 137-rated uh, looks now like Brian. And he was giving him £7 that day. Now, he was a length behind him. So that was a run, you'd say a 141-142 run. And he is running off 134 here. Um, he went to Exeter then in the fog. And he had a little run round. Like, he was kept... Noel Feely had him widest of all. Um, he was kind of out the back and like you, you couldn't see Anthem they only came into the straight and he, he just like I, you can't read much into the race but uh, John, someone said he was eye-catching at John Joe and John just said oh well you couldn't see in the fog he made a bad mistake at the third last and stuff and I'd say that just suited John Joe down to the ground um, I just think this thing has plot written all over it and at 16 to 1 I'd be, I'd be getting heavily involved I love that Thank you very much, Stephen Cass, for highlighting something that uh, a race that I really struggled with. The Sky Pirate, a big, big shout there for Stephen Just Cass. Just watch back the that handicap. November run at Cheltenham. You, I will. If you watch it back, you will want to back this horse. 16 to 1. I'd be happy to back it on your recommendation anyway. That's for the Kim Muir. Now, all the talk during the week was for measuring my dreams. That price has absolutely uh, disappeared, Dermanon. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Keith Dunahoo napped it, didn't he? Um, he? You know, he said he knows he's 11, but this horse's issue throughout his whole career has been his jumping. But when he does put it all together, he's very, very good. I mean, you know, that, that third in the four-miler behind Native River, I mean, Rocco kind of says it all. Um, but to be honest, I've been completely persuaded there by uh, by Stephen Cass. For some reason today in the podcast, we're on a real Stephen Cass loving. Um, but uh, if this horse wins, I, I'll... I love you even more, Stephen. And uh, I think... Yeah, uh, just have a word with my WhatsApp racing friends, lads. I'm not a good judge. <laughs> like, you know, I just talk to But yeah, I mean, 14 to 1 about that is very fair. Dimension My Jeans was a big price at the preview. It was 11 to 1, 12 to 1 that night. But 6 to 1 now, you'd be questioning an 11-year-old at those odds, Steve. He's 127 years old, has run 55 million times, and he's 13 to 2. Can't touch him. That's my view on Measure of My Dreams. Sky Pirate will do for me so far, unless Paddy Aswell can convince me otherwise with the final word on the Kim Muir. Hey, I'm going to go with the Sam Whaley Cornhorse here in Pulse of Star. Um, I think Neil Holland has done a really, really good job with this horse. Won very, very nicely at Warwick there back in January. Uh, obviously, Sam Whaley Cohen is going to ride him, and he will be one of the most experienced 
if not the best amateur in the race. But, you know, the thing about Sam Willie Cohen is he has an awful lot of luck at, at these big meetings. I mean, probably Aintree more so especially. Um, but you've got to factor that in and factor in the form of the Mulholland team that couldn't be coming to the boil at a better time of the year. So um, a Sam Willie Cohen winner for me in the Kim Paddy, he's, he's going for the four-miler, so double him up with Sky Pirate. That's what you want to exactly. do. Exactly. I was just going to say exactly <laughs> that. I think he ran in the four-miler, yeah, and I like him there. So I'm with you, Paddy, but you need him with Sky Pirate in your double. He was saying, I, I don't know. I think Paddy, Paddy could be right, could he? I mean, Neil Mulholland... He could be. I mean, we, we don't know for yeah, sure. Yeah, because Neil Mulholland was saying there, but the, his weight is exactly what it was when he won the classic chase. So I wonder, yeah, I don't know. But we'll the see. young master, does Sam Willie Cohen not ride the young master? And he's going for he this. He will. He will indeed. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. I once asked, this is a final point on day three of the Cheltenham Festival. I once asked Neil Mulholland in person which race he was going to send a certain horse for at Cheltenham. And he told me in no uncertain terms which race he was going to go for, uh, which I went and then got involved in. And he ran in the other option. So you never quite know until you know. Sure. Bet Hard, home of the 30% combo booster, is the ultimate destination for Cheltenham punters who are serious about winning. With markets for every single festival race right now, Bet Hard has you covered with non runner no bet across all the championship events. Visit Bet Hard today, where winners dare more. Ages 18 and over, visit begambleaware.org.